What's going on? How's your day been? My day's been really good. Yeah? Yeah. What's your week looking like? It's a busy week. Um, well, we have two baptisms today, and I'm really excited about that. A couple of yeah, that'll be a great. couple that I've been um, working with yep. um, is being baptized today, and yeah. that's always an exciting day. And it's been interesting. The past several weeks have been that way, yeah. where there have been baptisms midweek. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been a lot. It's really cool. Yeah, I've seen, yeah I, don't, I don't think people realize that is there's more going on throughout the week than just you know. Uh, office work there's there's baptism stuff like that going on it's it's exciting there's nothing so. more exciting than to see yeah. how jesus changes people's lives yeah definitely and, and when that light bulb goes off and wow you just see god's power at work right yeah. before your very eyes and sure. i i just i love that so yeah it's very cool yeah it's a good it's week awesome. yeah well you preached and so now you're on the podcast. Last week it was Mark. Yes. The week before that was Mark. Then the week before that was Neil. Neil's still still on vacation. So you get to be with us. I'm excited about that. It's good to be here. Does it feel like more and more you're just back on the radio? Like before it was it was the three of us and you were kind of being interviewed. Now you're co host. You've been you've been upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> now you're a host oh, yeah. of the podcast. Um, does it feel different? I don't know. I, it, not you know it it this this does feel different. It doesn't feel like being on the radio to yeah. me. Yeah, because when I was on the radio, I was I was a news anchor. Yeah, and you know um, this well, is not very nearly this than, relaxed, right? No, it was, it was much not more nearly much more intense, and we were always. Uh, living by the clock. Yeah, I mean, when that top of the hour ID went off, yeah. uh, if you weren't ready, then mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you had to be ready to go. And everything yeah. we did was by the second. I mean, when we were joining the network, it mm-hmm. was by the second. How did and, like that's the part that confuses me? Because I mean, I'll listen to uh, I don't know. I, you you listen to NPR, and there's the local, uh, mm-hmm. there's the local broadcast, but then there's also stuff tied in with you know, national stuff going on and like how it all ties together and how they coordinate all of that is just, it seems just so <laughs> like too much, like that's yeah. too much to manage. Well, you're watching the clock out of the corner of your eye yeah, and, and talking at the same time. And then, you, you know, you, you yeah. never know like, okay, I've got eight seconds to oh, get boy. this information in, oh, you know, what am I going to say? Or maybe you have three yeah, and, and you have to join it because it's yeah. going to start Oof. right then and there. And yeah. you can't talk over them when right. they start. So Wow. Yeah. It's interesting. It was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed all of that. It yeah. was, it was you seem cool like thing. you would really be able to thrive in a very like, uh, I don't know. I don't think anxious is the right word, but like that, like uh, intense in that kind of intensity, like you, you, you thrive in that. It was super intense and I did enjoy that. Yeah. I did enjoy that. Yeah. It was interesting. I used to get up at two thirty in the morning, every morning. So I was in bed at seven o'clock at night, every night. That's crazy. And we had, you know, a daughter um, who you know, the, the, her entire life, you know, that was my thing. I would, I would go to bed at seven Uh and, and then get up at two 30 in the morning. Uh I was at my desk between three 30 and four. And then I went on the air at five. Oh, that's so crazy. So, yeah. So how, so you would work from like five, how long would you be on the air for? Five to nine. Okay. Or five to 10, Mm -hmm. depending on what station I was working for. At what point of the day would you kind of 
be done with your work day since you start so early. I'm assuming you get done at what noon, one o'clock. I was always out by about one or two. Yeah. Very rarely noon. Yeah. Because I was the news director. Right. So you were in charge. Then, right. So that meant that I kind of um well, I worked with the staff. When right. nine o'clock would roll around, we'd have our assignment meeting and yeah. we would decide, you know, where we're where where we were going, yeah. where we were going to send our reporters. And, yeah. All of that. Wow. So, so since yeah. it was radio, it's not necessarily reporters like you'd see on TV. It's it's audio. Like people would go and then they'd record audio on location. Yeah, and it's, then they'd call in their reports from wherever they were, wow. just not with pictures. Yeah, it's so interesting. So, yeah, That's and crazy. sometimes we, you know, when nine eleven hit, we would be live. Um, Continuous. Oh, goodness. And so it I would bet. be continuous live coverage yeah. just on the fly. Right. So maybe we'd have five reporters out at that time mm -hmm. or three to five or whatever the case may be. I We had a lot out on, on that day. Yeah. What, um, what kind of places did they go? Uh, the airport. Okay. Because um, remember, um, yeah. one of the planes uh, turned around the, right over Cleveland and right. Cleveland airspace. That's right. the one that landed in Shanksville that yeah. crashed. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the one that turned around over Cleveland. So Cleveland played a very um, uh, significant role in that right. whole day. Um, Cleveland was in the national news. So yeah. uh, the the uh, the air traffic controllers from the Cleveland um, Center were mm -hmm. the ones that were in communication, you know, um, with the plane and all of that, that yeah, day, it was, it was just a horrific day. Then we had reporters downtown because they evacuated the key tower mm -hmm. because there was some concern that, um, the key tower was a target. Right. So they evacuated the key tower and other buildings downtown. Yeah. And then we had, um, you know, someone at key, we had someone at tower city, we had wow. someone on public square, we had someone doing traffic reports because the traffic getting out of downtown was a nightmare oh, I bet. when they shut downtown down. Oh my goodness. So, and then uh, Bill Wills and I were on continuously for 13 hours. Oh, we went 13 wow. hours straight. So we went on the air at five in the morning. Wow. And then 13 hours later, we went off yeah. and then we ran home to get some sleep Oof. very quickly. And then we were up and at them for the continuous coverage the next day. So how long did that like intense coverage last? Was it a week? Was it I mean, it was... It was about a week of yeah. super intense coverage, as I recall. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. Did that, like... Surreal. Well, you would almost feel... I would assume that there's a feeling as, like, someone who's kind of like a... You know, you're a radio journalist, basically, uh, and you're covering this... Uh, I mean, you're in the middle of it. You've got to have this feeling that this is a massively historical moment. Um, so not only is there probably, like, a feeling of like responsibility to be to be available to be doing this but also um like you're a part of it like is and as as someone who kind of you know you don't want to say like you live for these moments because it's a horrific thing but for for news like this is kind of like okay it's time this is we're here we're like we're ready to go this is what we do what we do for so that we can keep people in the loop and stuff was there kind of a feeling like that in the middle of it this is really interesting that you bring this up because the the answer for me and i think for our staff 
was largely no. You mm. realize it in the back of your mind, but you don't focus on that. You have a job to do, wow. and and you you have to do your job. Yeah. So I think it hit all of us a couple of weeks later. Really? Uh, that's that's when we realized the true gravity of everything that we were talking about. Wow. But when you're in the middle of it, you really don't have time to think about it because right. there are so many angles and. <sighs> In that role, your job is to be calm. Yeah. Your job is to not be freaking out. Your right. job is to be, you know, you've got, you know, thousands of people who are coming to you for this information. And mm -hmm. if you're uh, freaking out or you're not um, uh, presenting it in a very calm way, yeah. Um, I think you do a disservice to it. I think yeah. I think we were we were called to do uh, our job very professionally, and I'm yeah. so proud of the people I worked with back in those days. Yeah, uh, that was you know 2001. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so 21 years ago. Yeah, I, I just that team that we had mm -hmm. pulled together like no other team that I've I've ever been with, and I and I was really wow. with good people all my career. Yeah, and really enjoyed working with them, and so yeah, um, those memories. While that was such a horrific thing, oh, it was right. it yeah. was um, a very rewarding thing too. Yeah. Did you find that that kind of going through that together as colleagues? Did that kind of build your that that sense of 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 team even more to, oh. to go through something so intense? Without a doubt. Yeah. And we're still close to this day. Yeah. It was only a couple of years ago that we all got together wow. as a team at the Hofbrau House and we rented out a room down there and yeah. we just sat around a gigantic table, all of us, and shared stories. And I I hope that we do that again because that that was yeah just amazing to me. By that yeah. time I was in ministry and was no longer yeah um in broadcasting mm -hmm. um but but to sit back and think that that's what i used to do wow and all of these great people were a part of it and yeah. you know there was a, a real love on that staff mm -hmm. here in cleveland and um you know so we've all stayed in touch that's great it's been good that's really yeah, it's cool it's been really good um it's interesting like i i have to imagine like so you're obviously you're responding to this situation that you don't even fully understand yet like how do you manage information in such a quick changing i guess situation like that how do you manage the information that you're sharing how do you how do you share information cuz you know especially speaking of 911 you know the first plane hits people i remember people saying like was it a prop plane like people weren't even sure exactly what had happened and then the second plane hit and it became it started becoming more clear so how how do you responsibly handle information, um, but still report? Like how how do you how do you do that? That's that's a tough question. Um, you report responsibly the information that you know at the time, knowing that it could all change. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, for sure. You know, in a, in a case like that, you there's nothing else you can do. Yeah. And you know that you're going to get some things wrong, mm -hmm. and you know that this is um this is this is changing. You do the very best that you can possibly do to confirm everything that you're saying. Yeah. But you also realize at the same time with something like that. It, yeah. It's impossible to get it right yeah. all the time. And, you know, I, I'm sure that there are some ways in which we didn't get things right, but I, 
man, I think we were really responsible about it. Yeah. And, and, um, in a, in a fluid situation like that, yeah. it, that that's really difficult. Oh yeah. Because I there's not imagine. time to confirm everything. Right. And, and do you, since, you know, let's say you're on the air, do you have like another team member who's off the air kind of working to get information and kind of trying to get, feed you information and stuff as you're on air or are you kind of doing that while you're talking on the radio? Like, how does that work? Absolutely. And, you know, we had a traffic cop back in the newsroom pretty much. That was the assistant news director and mm. our assignment editor. Yeah. And so um, we had an intercom system where they could talk in our ear while yeah. we were live. And mm -hmm. back in the newsroom, there were people that were communicating to the reporters in the field and they would say, yeah. um, hey, RC, that's what I went by when I was on the air. Um, you know, we've got Greg. Yeah. Greg Sabre's down at, at City Hall and he's ready to do a report. Yeah. So you know that. And right. so they're talking in your ear while yeah. you're talking on the air. Yeah. Um, so, yes, there yeah. was somebody back in the newsroom that was kind of making sure that, um, yeah. you know, we were staying organized <laughs> and we knew where people were. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of going back to when you were talking about how do you, uh, deal with kind of the intensity of the moment while still, you know, trying to do your job, like all this hustle and bustle you're talking about, like there's constantly this person's on location, let's get to them, like that kind of stuff. I'd imagine that just that hustle and bustle of doing your job kind of distracts you from maybe the weightiness of it so much and helps you stay in the moment, stay present, stay professional, all of that. Did you find that you would get off the air, go home, like, would you start kind of processing what it was you were reporting a little bit more? Or was it kind of like what you said, weeks until you guys really, really started processing? It depended on what it was. With yeah. that, it was just so huge right. that I, I, I didn't start processing until yeah. a couple of weeks later. And we all talked about it and oh, how sure. it was affecting us and yeah. some of the emotions that we were feeling. That mm -hmm. was, Those were interesting conversations. Yeah. Um, other things, you know, it would be you, you would process it, um, you know, that day. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm not proud of this, but, but <laughs> there's a certain... Um, you, 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 day in and day out, you report so many negative things that happen. Right. And, you know, for the most part, um, you know, news is often not good. Yeah. And, and in order to do that job, there was a distance that you would have to maintain between yourself and the story and not let yourself get emotionally involved in it. Because if you right. took the time to stop and think about what you were reporting, yeah. some of it was just absolutely horrific. Right. So, you know, th there was that disconnect too. Yeah. And, and, you know, a cynicism that I think develops in news people, mm. you know, about life because they see so many bad things happen. Yeah. 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 Can you, can you point to any, uh, you know, you're talking about the reality is that you're reporting a lot of negative stuff. And for the most part, it seems like the stuff that's worth mentioning that's going to affect people's lives sometimes is mostly negative. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's disruptive to either, you know, the the city or disruptive to particular lives or disruptive to, I mean, on 9-11, our, you know, the, our entire society. Um, can you point to anything that you remember reporting that was very positive? I mean, is there anything that sticks out that, that is notable for you in your career of, you know, I had the pleasure of announcing this or I had the pleasure of uh, getting to um, share this news? 
Oh, Jared, there's so much. I wish I knew that question was coming. <laughs> no, that's okay. That that's that's a hard one. Um, I, there were a lot of things that were positive. Um, some yeah. of the things that I used to love to cover, you know, um, uh, the construction of Brown Stadium. Oh yeah. Um, the the Browns coming back from mm-hmm. Baltimore. Yeah. Um, the, those kinds of things were yeah. really fun to me. I loved I love Cleveland, and yeah. I loved reporting on stories that were positive about Cleveland yeah. um, when there was new development mm-hmm. and things like that. When, when the Indians would go to the world series, now yeah. the guardians and yeah. um, you know, those were when those were just fun. Those yeah. were fun times those were your favorite being ones. a part of covering those things. Uh-huh. It was huge when the world series would be here, yeah. you know, and how excited the city would become. Yeah. Um, that was fun. Yeah. Those were fun things. That's very I, cool. I enjoyed that. That's awesome. I really enjoyed doing that yeah well i mean it sounds like you were very gifted at that i mean i love having you on the podcast this is not quite <laughs> the same like we, we already talked about but uh it's still cool to uh, for to see you get to uh be in front of a microphone you you brought up this um idea of uh just calmly reporting we we, we were talking about that it's interesting mm-hmm. uh, talking about that because it would be in crisis situations that I would often find myself the most calm. Wow. And that really served me well. And, and, yeah. and, and that's the way I tend to be. Yeah. Naturally, it's, it's in, in, in the crisis situations, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but yeah. I, I, I just, this calm comes over me. It's the little things in life that get yeah. under my skin that I have a harder time dealing with personally. Yeah. You know, silly things that yeah. would bother no other, no one else, you know, <laughs> but, but those are the things that, that will just really bug me. Yeah. But, but on, on nine 11, I, I, yeah. And it was as if this just this calm came over. And I don't know if it's whether I knew that I had to be calm. Yeah. Or or what it is, but it, yeah. it, it it's like that in other areas of my life too. Yeah. Did you feel, you know, coming you know, obviously, you know, you're you're coming into that really intense day. Uh obviously you start your day and you know, everything shifts around nine o'clock. Uh when when things eight thirty, nine o'clock, when that stuff starts happening on that day. Um, but do you, looking back, do you think there were any, any, you know, any points along your, your career as, as a, uh, as a radio news, uh, individual journalist, uh, host, uh, that, that prepared you for the intensity of that day? Or do you think it was just kind of that in the habit? Um, you know, what, what do you look back at as, as some building blocks that kind of helped equip you for that day? Nobody can really be prepared for something like that. That Mm. was history Mm. in the making. I, you know, that, that was a story on the level I had never experienced before Mm. that, that I wonder sometimes if we lose sight of, of how, historic that moment really was yeah i in in my view it changed the trajectory of our our lives to this very Mm -hmm. day i I, that moment was a turning point in our lives yeah that moment was a turning point in our world yeah and i for crying out loud jet planes hit the two buildings in the world that represent man's 
mm-hmm. um, <laughs> achievements or whatever it is. You know, I mean, it, those those represented the financial um, power of the world right there. Yeah, and and two, how could that have happened it's right. it's it's mind boggling mm-hmm. it's it's that story would be in the bible if the bible were written today yeah I, it's 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 of that magnitude i don't mm. think we realize how much it changed our lives yeah and i think we're still experiencing that yeah nothing has ever been the same since 9 11 mm-hmm. well that's the wild thing we talk about as a society i mean i think we're all um really kind of used to the temperature of the water now um Mm -hmm. we're very used to it but if we really stop and think about we'd all admit everything is different now um and it's crazy to think of you know the generation after me who they grew up in it who were born after you know you know after 2000 2001 um they're i mean it's that was 21 years ago so I mean, they're adults now, and they've never lived in any other world than post 9-11. Right. Um, you know, I'm reminded of it every time I go to the airport, for instance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's different. It's you different. Know, everything's different. Um, and for, you know, as much as we, you know, we don't think about it, I think every single person who gets on an airplane thinks of 9-11, mm-hmm. don't they? Absolutely. Uh, um, and not like anyone's freaking out or anyone's, I, I mean, maybe someone out there is very scared, but I think most of us, it's just this thought, you know, and we don't acknowledge it. We don't really think about it, but, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, uh, it, it's really, um, it's crazy how, how it's changed everything and affected every single person. Um, I don't think we really realize the significance of that event. And immediately afterward, we saw people running to churches and suddenly getting, getting interested in things Mm -hmm. of the Lord, things of God. And the church is filled up. And now here we are back, back to life, life, as we knew it or yeah. whatever it is. It's, yeah. it's not life as we knew it, but it's, you know, back yeah. here we are. We're back in our routines yeah. and how easily we forget the Lord, mm-hmm. yeah. how easily we forget um, God. Yeah. And and now um, the churches aren't filled. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's heartbreaking to see that. Yeah. Well, events like that have a sense, you know, have a way of giving us a sense of urgency about, um, about our family and about, Mm -hmm. about our relationship with God. Um, you know, uh, people, you know, I can't remember the, the, the phrase, it's almost like a tongue in cheek thing that, um, you know, about wartime, but there, basically there are no atheists in foxholes, Mm -hmm. you know, you're Mm -hmm. in that moment of, you know, my life is about to end or could very well, I'm in danger. Um, you know, I need safety that's beyond what I can provide for myself. Uh, and so you reach out. Um, and I think that's, that's really what was happening. I think there's a very real sense of, well, no one's safe. This, if this can happen, then it can happen anywhere. If this can happen in New York city, then this can happen anywhere. And there is that, that sense of real fear, but also just kind of, a let's cherish our family. Let's cherish our lives. And, and I think, kind of that going back to church, that coming back to Jesus moment 
was was real for so many people. I remember that too. Um, and then you kind of slip into the safety of everyday life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just life and the world and routine of things of the world, uh, lull us back into, I don't know what word to use, but just kind of an indifference towards, uh, towards God and, you know, kind of the safety of thinking I'm going to live forever. So why live with any urgency? Right. We go back to our idols. Yeah. We go back to the things that replace God in our lives. Yeah. And um, we don't learn our lessons very well, no. unfortunately. Yeah. Well, that was a very interesting uh, <laughs> topic. I didn't <laughs> expect us to be talking about 9-11. No. Wow. That was amazing. But, yeah. I mean, I think it's on topic for what we're talking about uh, in, in the sermon series that we just finished up summer storms, but we haven't even introduced ourselves. So maybe we should do that and I then we'll we jump haven't, in. Have we? So yeah, let's do it. All right. Hey, welcome to the Atrium of Hope Christian <laughs> Church podcast. I'm Jared Creative Arts Pastor here at Hope Christian Church. And who are you? I'm Bob Bauer. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Now is Bob short for Roberto? That's your birth name, isn't it? Robert. Oh, okay. Not Roberto. Not Roberto, no. Okay. I was hoping that there was a little Latin flair with you, but I <laughs> <No>. guess not. <laughs> no, there's a German flair with me. Ah, there you go. Okay. Robert Carl Bauer. Carl. They would That's feel very German. It would feel very German if it was a K. It, or, or would that be more Russian? I don't know. Anyways, so, well, it's good to have you here on the podcast. And again, thank you for taking the time out of your day. And and thank here. you for serving us through the Word on Sunday, uh, wrapping up the Summer Storm series. Um, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> we were randomly talking about uh, 9-11 and stuff and talking about how uh, in our everyday lives, we're in the habit of turning to, you said the word idols. Uh, we turn to our idols instead of turning to the Lord. And so it's no wonder that when we come to these... these uh, um, crisis moments of life, the summer storms, we don't know what to do because we're not in the habit of seeking the Lord. We're in the habit of seeking idols and things that are temporal and fleeting. And so you come into a storm of life and you don't know where to turn because all of a sudden these things that you've been holding on to, uh, when things, when the waters were calm, uh, no longer sustain you, no longer fulfill you. Um, and so I, it's, I've just really loved the series of acknowledging that, you know, we are going to go through hard times. And the call from Scripture is not to minimize that or act like it's not as bad as it seems or, oh, it could be worse. You know, some people have it worse off. It's not about that. That's not no, how we not at all. manage these times. We no. manage them by trusting in Jesus, who is the God of the storm. And uh, and I love I love your sermon of the fact that Jesus is is not only the god of the storm but he's the god who he's he's chill during the storm like he's not he's not freaked out by it and he's not um he's not afraid of it he's not he's he's sleeping in the boat so i i, I, love, I that love that picture that yeah. I, th this is one of my favorite stories yeah. in in the bible i i love that picture specifically because of Jesus being asleep yeah and and my heart just longs to have that kind of trust and that kind of um, faith in the in in the midst of the storm to really press into that. Yeah. I, I I think we spend so much time pushing away the storms that God allows in our lives, mm -hmm. and 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 
but but they're wonderful opportunities, Jared. I, yeah. I, I know it's hard to see it that way. Yeah. And, and, and even for me it is, but I so long to want to see it that way because it's a wonderful opportunity to really put your faith into, into, into action. Mm. And, and when, when we do that, and we lean into our relationship with the Lord, and we do put our faith into action. It just it it builds our it builds our confidence that that we really indeed do have an authentic faith, and we're and we really are following the Lord because we know that without Him we could have never gotten through it or th- at this point. And That's really good. So I just I I I love this story because Jesus. Jesus wasn't being irresponsible and saying, well, you know, I can't deal with this, so I'm just going to go to sleep. Right. That wasn't it at all. He was just so confident yeah. that God the Father would take care of him. And, you know, Jared, I just love the idea. Our, our faith is is real. This, this is not a fairy tale thing following Jesus here. This is, this is, Jesus is a real person, and and he's our savior and our lord and and to get to this point where you really do trust him it is is really where i want to get in life and i struggle with this when i was diagnosed with my prostate cancer mm. i that that i don't i don't want people to think that i'm i'm just saying oh just trust jesus and everything's going to be okay and, right. and this is a really easy thing and why are you having a problem with this this is this is not what i'm saying at all because yeah. i struggle with this but a big storm in my life was the cancer um, yeah. that i was diagnosed with with, and all of the uncertainty that that brings, and I have to tell you, when I first learned of it, I, I, I it wasn't a freak out moment, but I'll tell you, it was is scared. Yeah, there was fear that that came up in me. Yeah. Um, it 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 forced me to look at um, even more the fact that um, life doesn't go on forever, mm. and and you know all kinds of things were going through my mind and, and I, and there was fear and, um, all kinds of questions, Mm. but, but when you, when you ask the Lord to, to work in you and you, and you ask him to change your heart about it, I, I found that if you, if you ask for something that you know that he wants you to have. He he wants us to trust him more. He wants us to uh, be able to do that. It's it, when when it, when when you I don't know if I'm making any sense, but you you're are. a parent. Yeah. And when your child asks for something that that is good for them or is is going to help them, you don't withhold that. Mm-hmm. And 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 so I asked God, you know, I told him, I said, you know, I'm not I'm not there. I have this fear. Mm-hmm. I I have all of these um, you know, questions in my mind. Yeah. I was making myself crazy by Googling everything on prostate cancer that I could mm. possibly find. And that was only making it worse. Yeah. And and then I, I just said, you know, I, I, this is where I'm at with this, and I, I really want to have the kind of faith that's just going to relax and just let you uh, be the Lord over this storm. Let mm. you 
let you guide me where you're going to guide me and make me okay with it. I'm not there right now, but this is where I want to be. And I need your help with that. And please, you know, help me and please calm my heart about this. And please, um, increase my faith and, 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 and help me. And, and then I started to relax and just not put a timetable on when all of that would happen. Mm. And it's amazing what he, what he did. And I'm not saying that I'm like cool with the cancer and all of that. And I think it's a great thing, but I'm, I'm praising the Lord that I'm in a, in a place where I'm not having to treat it right now and just doing active surveillance. And Mm -hmm. that's a blessing. Is it, is it going to have to be treated one day? I I don't know, but Mm -hmm. God got me to this point and, and he's giving me one day at a time. And I'm very confident that whatever he allows, he'll be there at that time too. And he'll give me exactly what I need. And I haven't always been there, but I'm increasingly getting there. Mm -hmm. And it's so, it's such a freeing thing. And, and, um, uh, this is available for everyone. It's just have a, have a normal conversation with God. Tell him, this is where I'm at. This is, Mm -hmm. I'm mad at you. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm not down with this. I don't mm-hmm. understand why this is happening. Yeah. Um, you know, just pour out your heart like mm-hmm. King David did in the Psalms and be honest about it and yeah. ask him for what you want. Yeah. And what I wanted is to be able to be peaceful in the midst of all of this and not become a burden to other people and not mm-hmm. talk about it all the time so yeah. that it's just not, it's just becoming like this is all that I'm obsessed with. Mm. You know, God's... <laughs> There, I have no control over the cells in my body. There, yeah. there is nothing in the world that I can do about that. Right. All the worrying is not going to help. Mm-hmm. You know, all of the Googling to find out where I'm at on this or the possibilities of where this could go is not going to help me because ultimately God is in control of every cell in my body. This is something that I can't control. Mm-hmm. And we want to have control over everything. And we have control over nothing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in this life that we control. Mm. We think we have control, but that's just an illusion. It does it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, so man, you know, in the last couple of years, it's you know, I'm not there yet, but I'm mm. getting closer to it and and it and and as I get closer, you know, to it and and God walks with me through this. I I've never felt his presence more in my life than now, and I'm I'm just that is such a sweet thing and I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm just I'm I'm loving it. Yeah. That's so great. And and it's available for all. Mm. We just have to ask. Yeah. He's not going to give us a stone if we're asking for bread. Mm. That's good. You know. Yeah. This this is praying in line with his will. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So that's really good. Anyway, that's great. Well, um, is there anything, um, you know, one of the things that's interesting about, you know, you know, this is a preacher and, you know, Neil and I've, I've talked about this, but, you know, Mark, Chad, uh, Zach now, you know, we've all kind of been through it and we understand like when you go and present a sermon, there's, that's probably about maybe 5% of all of the content that was behind the scenes ready to go. And you had to kind of cut things away. 
Um, you know, was there anything that you that you thought was really, really good, really, really helpful, but just did not fit with, you know, the Sunday morning that you wish you could have included, but you just really couldn't? Is there anything else that you, you know, you'd love to to talk about in relation to um, your topic or uh, was there anything that struck you personally that you um, that you didn't get to share on Sunday morning? To answer that question, on this particular sermon, not a whole lot. There mm. were five points in it. Yeah. Um, usually I don't have that many points, and I want to have more points, and I end up having to, you know, um, whittle down the points. Right. But all the points on this one that I that I wanted to um, talk about or I felt that the Lord wanted me to talk about are, are in there. Yeah, so you're able so. to fit pretty much everything in. Yeah, in that one, yeah. I feel like, like I was. I can't really think of unless you want me to go deeper on any of the things that you heard that you that you thought you know maybe we could go deeper on yeah i mean if there's anything you'd like to uh it doesn't matter to me i mean it was your sermon i i'm you know i just enjoy hearing kind of uh if you have anything extra that you'd like to say but if you're not that's okay too um you know you know i didn't get to spend a whole lot of time on this but i think that we should um I just see that we spend so much time trying to push the storm out of our life, yeah, uh, and 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 we're so focused on on getting the storm out of our life that mm. we we don't always, um, if we're not careful, we can miss the lesson that God's trying to show us in the midst yeah. of the storm. And I think that there can be. Um, some really profound lessons that we can all learn yeah, really um, through the storms that God allows. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think we're so idealistic that we expect everything to go perfectly and life to go smoothly. Right, and it, it in a sinful world like this, in a broken world like this, it's it's not going to happen. Yeah, to me, it's more like um, when you have those periods where everything is going uh, seemingly perfectly mm -hmm. or it's going well uh, those are the more unusual moments for you know most of life is yeah a, a lot of heartbreaking things that happen to us and and i think that we need to really learn to expect that it's going yeah. to be that way yeah. and and not push it away so much yeah uh, does that good. make sense oh absolutely it made yeah. me as you were talking i just like i <laughs> Like the picture I had was, you know, when Jesus walks on the water, you know, he sends the disciples off into the boat and, uh, and the storm comes upon them, uh, and Jesus comes walking on the water and it made me think, you know, if they were so focused on getting to shore, <laughs> they just like, just go right past him and don't even acknowledge him walking on the water. And they're just so desperate to get to shore that they miss him in the storm. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it just, that's kind of a funny picture, but um, I think that's the temptation that we all face, isn't it? And that's what you're saying is that, you know, we are so um, averse to suffering because we don't know how to handle it and we haven't learned how to handle it. Uh, and we uh, crave comfort so deeply that when we come into those times of frustration or storms, and this isn't to denigrate, this isn't certainly not to denigrate anyone who, uh, you know, I'm not saying we should enjoy suffering. We, or no, we should, no. or we should or look, for or look for it or desire it. That's not the point, no, but no. that, you know, we, we are, we live generally comfortable lives, you know, I think broad, broadly stated, 
generally comfortable lives. And so um, when we do come into times of suffering, we have not learned how to handle that. And so those are, that's kind of the training ground. That's, that's Jesus sending us into the storm so we can learn how to rely on him in those times of suffering. Um, so we can draw near to him in our suffering, draw near to him. Uh, and, and kind of, you already said it earlier, but this, this idea of, um, of idols when we're, when we're comfortable, when things are good, we have a way of forgetting our need for Jesus and we start enjoying these idols and putting our, our, you know, turning our hearts towards other things. Mm -hmm. And then it's only in those times of suffering, those times of intense pain and, and the storms of life that we remember, oh yeah, these things won't last and these things can't do what I'm asking them to do. There's only Jesus, only he can meet me in my suffering and in my need. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, it's interesting that you were saying that because, yeah, I, I think that's really the temptation is like we, we're so bent towards our idols. We're so bent in our sin that even in those times that Jesus is, hey, here's a storm. Here's a time to remind you to, to draw near to me. Uh, we are so desperate, you know, like disciples in a boat that are so desperate to get back to shore so we can. Uh, be back in our comfort and back in, you know, with our chosen idols that we completely miss Jesus walking on the water. Um, so anyways, I, I thought that's a, that's such an important part of this. That's an important aspect of this that we're not so quick. Like, is the goal of every storm to get out of the storm for us? Or is the goal to to find out where Jesus is in the storm? Oh, that's awesome. You yeah. Know? Like, is that the goal of storms for us? Is that our priority in the storm? Is your priority to, to get out of the storm or is your priority to find Jesus in the storm? Um, so I, th I think that's kind of a helpful way of, of thinking about it, isn't it? Absolutely. I, you know, and then when your priority is finding Jesus in the storm, you do find him in the storm and then you just, you, you relax and you're yeah. not so concerned about when the storm is going to end, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. kind of like he was sleeping on a boat, right? Right. <laughs> you know, like he wasn't even thinking about the storm. He's he's sleeping. <laughs> you know, there's not a better picture of of peace and rest than I mean, even Scripture talks about like uh, like sleep as something that only comes in peace. You know, if mm -hmm. we're anxious, I and mean, we all know this, if we're anxious, if we're frustrated, if we're worried. Those are things that commonly keep us up at night that, you know, we have anxious thoughts. And so we just, our mind is racing all night long, thinking about the things that we're worried about or whatever. And then Jesus gives us this picture of himself. Just this is, this is what peace looks like in the middle of the storm, a boat that's rocking and there's water coming over the sides of it. And the people operating the boat think they're going to die. And then he's in the boat and he's asleep. Mm-hmm crazy. You know, I often um, am awakened in the middle of the night, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm really glad, and I wonder sometimes if that's the Lord um, having that happen deliberately. Mm -hmm. Some of my best prayer times are in the middle of the night when I'm anxious about something, and I'm just mm -hmm. laying there in bed at two or three o'clock in the morning, and I just can't sleep. Mm -hmm. And And those are some of the sweetest times that I can remember, because uh, it, it, it's so it's so neat to just enter into prayer right now, right then about what you're anxious about. Mm -hmm. And I found 
at least with me, when I'm in the middle of praying about the things that are causing me anxiety and keeping me awake, mm-hmm. I, I often fall right asleep in the middle of the prayer. And I mm-hmm. wonder if God just like looks down on us as, as we look down on our children that are in their cribs or sleeping. And I, and I wonder if that puts a smile on his face when we fall asleep in the middle of a prayer. Yeah. I, I just, some of my best times with God are at that, are at that, time when it's so quiet mm. and, and I used to be obsessed I'm losing my sleep I've got you know I've got so much to do today and I'm only yeah. going to have four hours of sleep and yeah. I'm like you know what it doesn't really matter because God controls my body yeah. and he's going to give me what I need the next day so if I only get four hours of sleep because I'm talking to Jesus that's okay yeah. and um, yeah it's been really good those in the middle of the night prayer time yeah. what but, advice oh I'm sorry I don't want to cut you off you know another thing I think that in the middle of a storm that would be really helpful for people would be to really think about the blessings that they have instead of the storm that they're in. Uh, you know, we're, 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 we're all going to be in the middle of storms, yeah. but I think it's, it, it, what's really been helpful for me too is to, is to look at what do I have, not, not what don't I have or why am I in this storm or all of that. Um, it's like, what, what has God blessed me with? What, what are the things that, that I have instead of what are the things that I don't have? I have my salvation. I have eternal life. I have my wife. Mm. I have my family. I have a roof over my head. I have a hot shower in the morning. I have breakfast on the table. I have a job to go to. I have um, people that I love working with. I have um, a family that loves me. I have a God who loves me more. I have a car to drive. I have, um, you know, what he's blessed us with is 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 incredible and yeah. we get so focused on what we don't have or mm. or what we need instead of what we've already been given yeah. um, by him i mean he is he's incredibly gracious with us we don't mm. deserve a thing from him mm. and yet he has so abundantly blessed us yeah. and and um i don't know it's really good yeah so shift of perspective is helpful uh, in terms of what our focus is, isn't it? Thankfulness. Um, thankfulness. Yeah. Um, what are what are some other things? I mean, you you just shared personally like your own walk through a storm that's kind of sort of ongoing. It and, is, and you're and you're learning and you're growing in it. Um, what advice would you give to other people who are are kind of walking through that? You know how you know to go back to the metaphor we were just talking about like how do we how do we look for Jesus in the storm what are steps we can take so you know being thankful obviously is is one um what are some you know and you even talked about being honest with God is is another way just mm-hmm. being very honest and uh and not dressing up our prayers as if uh he doesn't actually know what's in our heart anyways uh but being very honest with him but is there anything else you could recommend or you know what are some what are what's some advice you would give to someone? Another thing that I would recommend is not to isolate yourself. I mm-hmm. think we have a tendency to isolate ourselves in the midst of storms, yeah. and we should be doing the very opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, as we as we talked about in the message on Sunday, we're 
we are part of the church for a reason, mm-hmm. and one of those reasons is to be in community with one another, to help one another through the storms. We were never meant to go through this life alone. We were meant to be in relationship with other people. And sometimes I think we withdraw and we, we don't want to talk about what we're going through because we have this idea that we have to uh, be strong in the midst of the storm or we have to appear that nothing's wrong and everything yeah. is going fine yeah. and um, we don't want to appear weak. Mm-hmm. We don't want to appear um, as if we can't handle something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when our pride gets in the way and then we isolate and we're all alone in the middle of that. And that's not the way it's meant to be. And so I would, I would say, don't isolate, um, you know, press into your relationships with your brothers and sisters in the church. And I'm not suggesting that you go and you tell everybody about what it is that you're going through, but, but just have, um, one or two people maybe, um, that are close to you that could pray with you, that could, uh, encourage you, um, that could listen to you when you just need to vent. I, I think, I think the venting process can be really helpful um, and if you're on the other side of the person who's venting, you don't have to have the answer to what yeah. they're talking about. It, it, it just just listen. Yeah. I, I think I think we feel when we're listening um, to the other person who's going through the difficult time that we have to have special words of encouragement or a special way to help them or yeah. give them the answer to what it all is. And sometimes just by giving them the opportunity to express what's on their heart, they come they come to what they need on their own without yeah. you telling them what they need or telling them how to resolve the situation. Uh, certainly there are times when maybe you could give you know, a little word of wisdom or something yeah. like that from God's Word, but I, I think... Don't worry about it. Don't don't be nervous about talking to the person who's going through a difficult time. Mm. Just just be there to listen. Yeah, uh, you don't you don't have to. That's it's up to the Lord to solve the issue. It's yeah. up to the Lord to change the heart. Yeah. If you just if you're just there, there's something about that relationship, that community yeah. that can be so helpful in the healing process. And I think we pull away from that. That's really good. Yeah. That's great advice. Uh, it's huge. I mean, that's, that's one of the primary ways that, you know, Jesus uses us is in each of our lives to, to reach out to one another and to serve one another in times of need, uh, and just to be with one another. Um, I think about this in terms of worship and I, me and Neil have talked about this on the podcast before, but, um, you know, the call from scripture is to sing Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to Mm -hmm. one another for the, for the building up of the, of the body. Um, and it, so, so worship is not, you know, as we sing and stuff, the singing is not, is not like strictly vertical, but it's also horizontal. We're singing to one another. We're, we're testifying to one another through these songs, through these lyrics, and so um, I think it's it's a beautiful way that we can serve one another by singing loud uh, on Sundays when we're we're singing, um, you know, uh, I, I'm trying to think of like a song about suffering perhaps, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, even the song we've been doing on Sundays, Yes, I Will, um, you know, Lift You High in the Lowest Valley, um, like this, this song about, you know, times are tough, but I know you are faithful. And so how deeply is that needed 
in the ears of the person who's walking through suffering and maybe you are standing next to someone else at church in in the service singing and they are feeling so weak that day they they can't even bear to sing because they just they can't handle it and they're emotionally um just just worn out um but they hear you singing and they hear you loud and they hear you confident in in who god is um or conversely maybe you're the person who's 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 holding up the other person who has been suffering and you hear them sing confidently in the testimony that that is Ooh, that yeah. in the middle of their very real suffering, it's not hypothetical. It's not just a, a pretty song. It's not just catchy lyrics, but it's very real in their life. Yet you hear them uh, worshiping and, and loving Jesus and trusting him uh, with their voice like that, um, how that ministers to you as well. And so we need each other. Um, like you said, there's a there's a temptation to isolate, and I think for people who are who are on the opposite side hearing, there's also that that temptation to isolate. Like you know, I don't have the answers, and it's it's hard to be around someone who's walking through a hard time because I don't know what to say. So I'd rather, ooh, there they are. I'm I'm gonna avoid them because they're just gonna open up about it, and I feel so awkward. I don't know how to be there for them. Um, they need you, <laughs> but the reality is is that. Even if they're the ones suffering, you still need them too. Um, and so I, I just think of music as one way that that's very true. So um, there's your encouragement is Sunday mornings. You don't know who, what the person next to you is walking through, so sing loud. There you right. go. That's good. I like how you're you're making it. The, both, both parties have uh, something um, to learn and to grow from. Absolutely. The one who's suffering and the one who is not yeah. they 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 learn from each other that that's a really good point that you're saying there um i like that because mm. that's true i loved um when we sang oceans on sunday i could yeah. see some of what you're talking about going on i don't often get to stand up there when people are singing because yeah. i'm down i'm down on the floor singing right. with other people but to, then to look at 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 our congregation worshiping mm-hmm. uh, together like that was really special time yeah. for me yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Well, it was great having you up there. It was great having you preach, and I'm thankful that you're that you do that. And uh, yeah, I just I love um, you know your your particular personality and who you are shines through as you preach. It's it's really cool. In fact, uh, one of the things I love about when you're preaching is um, there's like a joy about you. There's in your voice and, um, and I mean, the other guys are joyful too. It's that's not what I'm saying, but, uh, even one of the, one of the people on the music team were saying, he just sounds like he just has a way of like, just, you feel encouraged hearing him. You feel like he has a way of like, uh, you know, just, it feels very joyful. And, uh, yeah, so I, I love that about you. Um, you know, you're very genuine. You. Uh, you have a very genuine way about you. So there's um, a lot for us to be joyful about. Yeah. Well, you model it's, that so well. It's just, yeah. God is amazing. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's, that's summer storms, man. That's it. Yeah. I, Mark um, came up with that. Um, yeah. idea to do that and I yeah. thought it was so good it was very and good I, and I pray that it's really been helpful for people yeah in our church yeah. yeah I think so I think it's been really good it's been good for me and 
yeah, I trust it's been good for everyone else. So you too have been through your your own storms. Yeah, we all have. We've yeah. all walked through different things, and some of us more maybe have the more visceral experience. Uh, some of us have a more intense experience, but we all walk through suffering. Um, you know, you're walking through yours, and we've we've walked through our fair share, and you even shared a, a great uh, email that someone sent you on Sunday. You shared that with their permission, and I mean, it just goes to show, like, no one is, is going to escape from suffering in this life. No. You know, and that was, Jesus even promised that, like, hey, <laughs> in this world, you'll have trouble, but I've overcome the world, you know, so it's going to be okay. Um, and I think that's a, it's a beautiful promise that we can hope in knowing that, you know, he's overcome this, whatever you're walking through, he's even that he's overcome that. Um, so we can trust in him. So yeah, that's good. Well, thanks for everything on Sunday. And like, man, this was a great conversation too. Um, before we wrap up, let's do this quickly in 30 seconds, in 30 seconds, what is, if, now you're you're a very healthy eating I'm getting person. Nervous. No, no, no. What are you're, you gonna you're say? a very healthy person. <laughs> so in thirty seconds or less, can you tell me if health and all of that was there were no consequences to what you ate, what would be your ideal breakfast? Biscuits and gravy. Really? Oh yeah. I love Ooh, that. Ooh, that's a great I, choice. I haven't had that in 40 years. Oh, probably. Bob. I, have, oh. I would love to have biscuits and gravy. It's something that I won't allow myself to have because, you know, if I, if I started eating that, it would be very hard for me to stop. Yeah. I, that, that's one of my favorite breakfast foods, biscuits and gravy. All right. There it is. When I get what news a, that you are on your deathbed in 50 years, I'm going to come to you with biscuits and gravy and be like, it's time. <laughs> eat these. Yeah. Oh man. I, I got to be honest. I what? think that's mine too. Is it really? I love biscuits and gravy. From Bob Evans. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. They have the best biscuits and gravy. Oh, that's great. They, oh, that's really good. But man, it's a fat bomb. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. All right. We are out of time. So let's we go are. ahead and wrap this up. If you have questions, right. you can submit them to podcast at hopechristianchurch.com or you can text them to 440 HOPE222. Thanks for being here, Bob. Thank this you is for great. having me. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>